Welcome to the KT Literary Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Nyan. In true 2020 fashion, this podcast episode is coming to you a little bit wonky. Yes, December would have made much more sense for a year in review show, but I still do want to share this discussion with you nonetheless. First of all, I would like to say that our hearts are with all of you who have lost loved ones throughout this last year. We are celebrating that we made it through 2020, but I want you to know we recognize that not everyone did and that we who remain have to carry that grief. Though the year felt bogged down in depression, isolation, and a whole lot of bad news, We at KT Literary found a way to maintain momentum. I think a huge part of this was due to the new agents who joined our team. Jazz, Chelsea, and Kelly joined us early in the summer, and Ida moved from an assistant capacity to an agenting one. Each person is such a perfect fit and brings such mind-boggling talents, it's hard to imagine the team without them. We attended online book launches, digital conferences, and we never missed our regularly scheduled Zoom calls. But the weirdness of it all was punctuated with the excitement of debut books, completed series, and new contracts. 2020 was a year for humanities history books. And I think it was for KT Literary, too. I recently gathered several members of our team, and we talked about our highs for the year and our hopes for 2021. One part of the conversation that didn't make it into the final cut was our favorite reads of 2020. I do want to share that with you, however, so if you're interested, check the show notes. Enjoy. Welcome to a very special edition of the KT Literary Podcast. Today, I am joined by my fantastic, brilliant, wonderful colleagues. My name is Renee Nyan. Colleagues, would you please introduce yourselves? Hello, I am Kate Testerman. I am the founder and uh, president, Grand Pooba, um, <laughs> first literary agent here at KT Literary. And I am Sarah Megabo. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Kate. So excited to be here. And I am Kelly Van Sant. I'm Jazz Perry, and I'm an associate agent here at KT. I'm Ida Lilly, associate agent at KT Literary. Woohoo! Well, thank you so much for joining me today, um, early in 2021. And we are going to take a look back at 2020 because there were some good things that happened and there were good things that happened to us. Um, So we are going to take a look back at 2020. We're also going to take a look back to or take a look forward to 2021, which I am very excited about everything that we have going on this upcoming year. Um, Kate, do you have any opening thoughts? I'm just glad we finally got our acts together to do our 2020 recap on in mid January. (laughs) I think that that's pretty par for the course for 2020 (laughs) slash 2021. Go team. It all feels very on brand. Exactly. Not, not KT literary's brand, genuinely just 2020's brand. Um, So Would you all please talk to me a little bit about, given like how unconventional the year was, 
Um, what did you notice about a change in your reading habits? I will go first because that is um, my prerogative. <laughs> um, I will say like very quickly into the pandemic and our quarantine, um, I found it incredibly hard to read critically, um, which meant reading and responding to submissions, to queries, um, was certainly a challenge. That being said, I fell into a very happy hole of historical romances um, and further contemporary rom-coms. And I see no reason to stop that. Um, what I loved about the historical ones in particular was that a, I knew it was a set period of time that was not going to intersect with my 2020 daily challenges. Um, and the romances in general, look, it's a trope because it works, but I loved the freedom to relax and know that happy ever after ending was coming. I know that for me, uh, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I did a lot of um, rereading of sort of books that I've read many times throughout my life that, you know, I enjoy that I don't even really have to think about just kind of those like comfort reads. And then once I moved beyond that, I found that for me, I really wanted, um, I didn't want to be left hanging. So I sought out all of these series that had been completed, like books that had published their final installment that I had somehow not gotten a chance to read before. So like I read um, the Holly Black uh, Cruel Prince series. I read all those for the first time this year. I read Megan Whalen Turner's um, Thief series, which just had the final book, um, The Return of the Thief came out this year, and I'd never read any of those. And I just boom, 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 read all of them. And I found that it helped me to be able to, one, sort of know what was going to be next on my list, because I would kind of get to that place where I'd be staring at my bookshelves or my piles of books and feel paralyzed and not know, what am I going to read? And if I was reading a series, then it was just automatic that, oh, I'm going to read the next book in the series and just kind of keep going. And I also liked knowing that I would get to the conclusion and be able to have that kind of closure that I felt was missing when in 2020, when all the days were kind of exactly the same. Um, so yeah, that was kind of how my reading went this year in terms of my, my pleasure reading. Kelly, didn't Megan Whelan Turner write, wasn't the first book, The Thief? Yes. Okay. I have the best story about The Thief. <laughs> Um, I love reading to my son as he goes to bed and he's 15 now, so we don't do it all the time anymore. But when he was about eight or nine years old, I picked up the thief and I was reading to him. And I remember that he would lie in bed kicking his feet because he'd be like, one more chapter, one more chapter, one more chapter. It is on my absolute all-time favorite list of books. I love that book so much. That's such a great story. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, the kicking the feet. Anyway. Um, so I guess I'll go. <laughs> My cool adoption in 2020 was audiobooks, but I would play them in the living room while doing a puzzle with my family. And it we have blown through so many great 
narrations, great audiobooks. Sometimes they were books I'd read previously that I wanted to re-listen to. I think one of you two said that, Kate or Kelly. Uh, the re-listening is like amazing. And some of them were frontlist titles. And I highly, highly recommend the middle grade fantasy called Cinders and Sparrows by our client Stefan Bachman. Not only was it an amazing audiobook, but Stefan composed and performed the music intertakes in between each chapter. And I was, I mean, my son and I were just like jaw on the, as we were doing our puzzle, um, just in awe listening to that audiobook. So that was my 2020, was audiobooks in the living room while doing puzzles. I cannot lie, like my reading has slowed down exponentially, but I am also listening to a lot of audiobooks. Right now I'm switching back and forth between Tristan Strong and Legendborn and just all things Neil Gaiman, which are great comfort reads that I love to revisit all the time. I also, oddly enough, have started falling asleep to thrillers translated from German on Audible. <laughs> Go figure. That is, there's so much to unpack there, Jazz. Like... <laughs> that thrillers make you fall asleep, but is it the translation? Like, is it the germ? I, I love it. There's a lot to unpack in that statement. <laughs> so Jazz, what's the best German thriller that you have read then or mm. listened to recently? I really liked, it was like a full cast audio drama um, that they did of this book called The Child by Sebastian Fitzek. It was great. It had like a, yeah, they, they cast it with like a British cast. So I had to adjust to my expectations for like English accents for this German book. <laughs> but after I got over that, it was an enjoyable read, definitely. Far fewer calories falling asleep listening to audiobooks than eating cake and drinking wine like I do. <laughs> or why not all of those things? <laughs> you can do them all. Audiobooks leave your hands free. <laughs> um, I think so, you're enabling me. <laughs> that's that's what I'm here for. I am I am an enabler of bad behavior. Um, so I guess for my reading habits this year, the beginning part of the year, I actually got a ton of reading done um, because I was just trapped at home um, and I wasn't agenting yet, so I was just plowing through like pretty much all of my waking hours when my husband was at work and I could just do whatever I wanted, just reading whatever. Um, so that's when I got the majority of my reading done. And then once I started agenting, it was like, okay, I have to now figure out how to balance work reading and reading for fun. So work reading is for like, you know, when my brain is actually awake and when I'm going to sleep and like, I'm starting to like drift off. That's when I can read my for funsy things. <laughs> so I just had to figure out how to prioritize time and when to read what. So that was kind of a, a cool thing in itself, I guess, looking at reading in a different way. Ida, I'm going to make you tell um, for posterity what you were telling us the other day. How are you currently picking what your next book is oh so this is like the only fun thing that has happened for me in the past year um besides like now I'm an agent which is awesome um so I have like a thousand books in my house I have about a hundred in my to be read stack and from those 100 my husband 
will basically visit my to-be-read bookstore and pick my next read for me so I don't have to do it. (laughs) And it's been a nice bonding experience because then he's more invested in the book too. I love that. That's so cute. What about you, Renee? Oh, me. Uh, Well, I definitely dove headfirst into uh, what Kelly was saying, like rereading those good old, like I immediately started rereading the Lord of the Rings books and, you know, like did that. I finally like spent my money and like actually purchased a copy of the audiobook instead of trying to wait 57 weeks for it to be available on my library. Um, and I, you know, like I have a lot of affinity towards those audiobooks because that was the first way that I ever experienced it was on a cassette, like giant cassette brick from the library with that creaky old black plastic holder. Um, and I, I'll never forget being in the minds of Moria for the first time and hearing the drums. And so I just needed like that level of comfort for very much of my year. So audiobooks. I've recently discovered the Lady Emily series, which is good fun. Um, she's like a British Regency widow and she like solves crimes and it's great. <laughs> it's perfect for me. So Renee, um, the first time I heard Lord of the Rings was also um, orally, but it was yeah. on vinyl and I still <laughs> have the vinyl that my dad would play on the, what do you play records on? The <laughs> Record player. player. We would play the records on the record player, and that's how I heard Lord of the Rings. I love it. I didn't think you could get more retro than my story, but (laughs) apparently Sarah can. I'm a lot older than you, my friend. (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. Um, so we saw publishing change a lot this year. There were no conferences. There were no bookstore book releases. There were no book release parties. There was like, there was, it was all online. Everyone saw this happen in real time and it was crazy. Um, But I'm curious what you think might be our new normal going forward, even as we get a vaccine and, and we kind of, you know, find equilibrium as the world and and it is safe to go back out into the world. What do you think the new normal for things like book fairs or writers conferences is going to be? And will it have been impacted by 2020 at all? Not specifically to book fairs and conferences, um, just to the state of publishing in general. um, I think that I'm hopeful that the big five publishers are recognizing that we don't all need to be in New York, in Manhattan. Um, And I say that now to all of the six of us that are in New York, Phoenix, Denver, Minneapolis, like we're, we're all over the country already. And that, you know, doesn't include our additional people who, who aren't able to join us for this recording. Um, And so I'm encouraged at the thought that publishing will no longer demand in office five days a week. Um, We've been doing this remotely for more than 12 years now, and obviously it works pretty darn well for us. Um, So that's, that's one thing. I'm also, 
I'm not sure entirely how I feel about this. I will put an optimistic spin on it because that's the way I am. But I am hopeful that as we've seen more authors do very successful virtual events, I am hopeful that publishers and their publicity and marketing teams will continue to think outside the box because it's not going to get easier to go on tour. And tours are going to probably be at the point in the future when we can even go on them really reserved for the big books. Um, but I'm hopeful that knowing that we can do this remotely still means I can have an author with a, you know, mid-list release that has a country to like a, a coast to coast virtual tour. Um, so I'm encouraged by that. I'm, I'm hopeful. Can I add something? Because I love what you just said, Kate. That totally makes me smile. And the optimistic spin on it is so you. I appreciate that. Um, I have two huge success. Well, I have a lot of success stories from this year. But one of them is Casey McQuiston was able to do a virtual book tour hosted by her publisher in Brazil to Brazil. Now, I mean, that's not to say that somebody sitting here in Boulder, Colorado couldn't attend it, but they had over 1,500 people at this virtual event in a way that was COVID safe, that was financially responsible for everybody involved, that was super enthusiastic and very, very profitable. And and we, I was so, you know, we can look at this, um, this new access to digital book conferences and book launches as a worldwide phenomenon in a way that I wouldn't have even imagined two years ago. So that's one really cool thing. And another thing is like, re, like Kate said, it, you know, book tours aren't going to get easier. They're not going to get less expensive. And so what do we do if somebody has perhaps not the biggest book that's being launched this year? And I'll point to a debut author because I had four debut authors during this pandemic. And boy, they are rock stars. Uh, but one of my debut authors, her name is Alicia Whistler. And she has this a wonderful, sweet, adult, contemporary women's fiction romance crossover. And she did a book launch party at her gym because it was socially distanced and safe. Rather than having a bookstore invest, you know, its time and its resources, her her personal network of friends came to support her. And so they found a place that was safe. And I think those thinking outside the box, um, thing not thing but you know whatever the noun is thinking outside the box is something that i learned from this pandemic so those were two things that i thought like really go well with what kate said about being optimistic in in what was a really really overwhelming year for book launches etc any other thoughts on that well, remote work was like something that I talked about a lot when I was an intern to anyone who would listen. <laughs> but I think you're you're both so right that like moving forward, it is impossible for publishers and agencies to deny that remote work can be done. Like disabled people have been asking for this kind of accessibility for years, as have all of the people who are unable to relocate for any any reasons to New York, where the industry is still absurdly centralized. So we can't go back to denying access for no other reason than like, eh, we don't want to because this pandemic has just proven that it was possible all along. Um, no turning back now. And I'm very happy about it. So another thing I'm curious about is, did you see an, 
any change or um, or any specific trend in your query inbox this year? Jump in, Ida. You have a thought. Uh, <laughs> I will say I saw positive trends and negative trends. Um, and, you know, this is my first like half of a year doing this, so I don't know what would have been different last year. I imagine some of these things would have still been there. So I'll start with the negative so I can end on the higher note. The negative trend is I am still surprised how many people send misogynistic queries and stories to me. Um, I am a woman. <laughs> and, you know, just some of the audacity and the like cluelessness that surrounds that would almost be impressive if I wasn't like, you know, living in this. Um, but like on a more positive note, there are so many very kind and sweet and thoughtful and wonderful writers that send these amazing query letters that like, I just would want to be friends with them in real life. And it's so hard to tell, especially the, like, I don't like sending rejections at all. Um, and very occasionally I'm like, I do enjoy it, <laughs> but that's like a super rare occasion, but it's already hard to send rejections to most people. It's even harder when you get these really, really kind, thoughtful query letters. Um, and I didn't nearly know to expect that. So I think um, if I could jump in, Ida, I agree with you. There's so many nice people in the query slush pile. I think something that really surprised me last year is how many new clients I signed. I usually signed three to four, and I think in 2020, I signed seven or eight. And that speaks to an unbelievable amount of talent in the query slush pile, um, like mind-blowing talent. And, and people say, well, certainly not all those queries are worth your while. And my response to that is, yes, they are. Yes, they are. And um, the vast majority are very, 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 very good. And it's a very competitive business, but I'm, all, I'm so impressed with what I saw last year. And I mean, eight new clients, my head is spinning. But again, I have 24 hours a day in my house to stay safe. So, you know, can just keep working because there's nothing else to do other than drink wine and take a bath. I was just curious, Sarah, off the top of your head, do you have your query numbers for the year? It was, well, so I closed from August to December, through December, which is the first time I've done that in 15 years. I'm usually between 20 and 25,000 queries a year. So, and the, and because we now have so many more agents, um, you know, I would imagine that if I'd been open all year, it would have been closer to 18,000. But with the close, I would imagine it was probably, I think it was around 14 or 15, but that's because I, I represent a heck of a lot of genres. You know, like if I look at my inbox right now, I can watch it go ding, 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 ding. I mean, the queries just roll in. And I think I currently have requests for something like 62 partials just and it's January 13th. I mean, they're so good. Um. <laughs> you deserve the wine and the cake. You deserve it all. <laughs> You're amazing. It's no, but I mean, these are, and that's on top of the 49 clients that I already have who are already brilliant. I mean, the, there's just so much talent out there. And, and as we've seen in a year of pandemic, there's so many readers. This is what people are doing. They're Netflixing, they're reading, um, they're perhaps taking a walk with their family or doing puzzles with their family or doing puzzles by themselves. My dad's 80 and he lives alone and he's done like, I think 300 puzzles 
since March. Oh my word. Um, you know, so there's people are thinking outside the box, but one really, really, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, the bright light of the year, because I hate to say that when there's so many dead friends and family members from this awful disease, but people are reading voraciously. I mean, and bookstore print book numbers are stable to up, which is an absolute blessing. Um, so, you know, there, there was just, there's a lot of really good stuff in my slush pile. There's a lot of really good stuff at the bookstores and there's a lot of people buying them and reading them. So that's good. I mean, I'll take a vaccine and all of those things. <laughs> yeah, but... absolutely. I would love to know what was your biggest KT literary moment, uh, or win of the year? I mean, for me, I think it's joining the team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I joined KT Literary um, this summer uh, in July, and it has just been so fantastic. Um, I think both myself and all my clients have just experienced all the support um, from everyone here, and um, it's just been really, it's been incredible. So I think like that, just joining it, just being here and being, being part of it, I think for me was probably one of the biggest things of my year. Yeah. What Kelly said, I I've been with you guys and known you guys for a while, but getting to be an actual agent is literally life-changing and one of the best things that's happened to me. And I'm glad I get to do it with you. All of you guys are wonderful. (laughs) Do you remember that it was just 11 months ago that we were all together for our KT Literary Retreat? Oh, my word. So technically, that would be the highlight because I actually saw you sweet humans in person and could hug and squeeze you. And we were like sharing like food at the same table and like. I probably sneezed on somebody, right? Oh, my God. I remember we did. So we did you know, many meals over the course of the weekend, but one night that we all split out into our individual agent groups and like each of us took our specific clients out to dinner as a separate, as a separate thing. And I don't know why we didn't get two cars, but for whatever reason, all of my clients and I shared one, um, big van there were not enough seats but I just remember um crouching backwards on the floor between two bucket seats facing like my entire crowd of clients who were there listening to two of them who are critique partners um pitching one of the books like one of their books like you know, the one author who whose book it was, but her critique partner was saying, oh, it was so good. It had this, that, and the other thing. And and now that book that was a pitch um, and an exciting story in February is something that I'm look for, looking forward to reading a completed manuscript this month. So that was that was really cool. I mean, I probably can't give enough shout outs to my four debut authors because they had to really, really go through the ringer (laughs) this year. Um, But of course, you know, working for my amazing clients is also always a highlight. Yes. So I do feel 
exactly the same way and the same enthusiasm as Kelly and Ida for joining this great team. I think one of the biggest surprise wins for me was that every author I offered representation to accepted, which just like blows my mind every time I think about it. You know, seven very, very talented writers and illustrators took a chance on me like a new agent who just joined this agency and in a way that I never could have imagined. And that's a great feeling, a real dream come true. I am so excited for, for all of you, for the amazing things that are going to come. Um, it both doesn't seem that long ago and also was eons in publishing time that I left New York and moved out to, to Denver, to Colorado, and set up shop like my little desk in my basement in like a spare guest bedroom by myself, working by myself with my dogs under my desk. And 12 years later to be at the, you know, forefront of this amazing team of agents that I am so privileged to be able to call colleagues um, with a client list that I think should be the envy of any agency in the business right now. Um, it, it is, I mean, to say it's a highlight of my professional career is like the the simplest way of saying it. Like, I mean, honestly, it kind of just, it makes my day anytime I think about working with all of you guys and our amazing clients. So, I, me love you big time. Aw, thank you. We love you too. We love you. Okay, uh, just, so just to wrap up, what are we looking forward to in 2021? Other than a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the inauguration um, and a vaccine. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to turn the editing on this around fast enough. So hopefully we're speaking to you in like, hopefully the world exists. It, <laughs> better. <things> <laughs> it better exist because I, I have a lot that I'm looking forward to for 2021. Yes. <laughs> um, I will say that. I'm very much looking forward to The Box in the Woods by Maureen Johnson. Um, I also can't wait to share with you all Maureen's novel based on the early life of Cruella de Vil, which is a tie-in to Disney's official movie coming out this fall, this spring. That's called Hello, Cruel Heart. And um, speaking of movies, uh, Netflix has officially announced um, that we are getting the movie for There's Someone Inside Your House, which is exciting. Um, and Stephanie Perkins's new novel, The Woods Are Always Watching, comes out this summer. Wow. Yeah. So a couple of big things. And then by August, all your work has, all your work is done, Kate, and you can just pack it up and go on vacation, right? Sounds good. For the rest of the year. Yep. Sure. I like it. <laughs> Well, I've always been very interested in bilingual books. 
So I'm trying, I just got Rosetta Stone, like unlimited lifetime. So I'm starting to like get back into Japanese, which was technically my first language. Um, and also like going back to Italian and Spanish, which I learned for years, because I just want to be able to, you know, expand my range when it comes to reading queries. And I love to represent international authors. Like that's a big goal of mine. So yeah, that's a, that's something I'm looking forward to for 2021. I love that jazz. That's so cool. Um, I have a couple of bilingual and trilingual clients. And I, I remember when we did a whole bunch of our Bologna and Frankfurt and London meetings via Zoom, um, that a lot of the foreign publishers were saying it's so exciting to be able to represent specifically non-English authors overseas, in addition to English authors too, but non-American authors. But anyway, um, I have two I want to give a shout out to for 2021 because these are two clients that I signed at the very beginning of my career, which would have been, you know, 2006 or 2007, something like that. Uh, Ronnie Loren is a New York Times bestselling romance author, and she is starting a brand new series, which is funny and millennial and a sort of a office romance. And the first one is called Yes, and I Love You. Uh, coming in March. And then the very next month in April, my client that I signed also probably in 2007 or 2008, Jason Huff, who is also a New York Times bestselling author, is uh, doing his very first big, huge hardcover thriller called Instinct. So I just wanted to shout out to those two because boy, have they been through it with me. <laughs> Ronnie and Jason, here's to you. <laughs> Yeah, I am mostly just um, looking forward to continuing to grow my list and um, find homes for all the incredible books that my clients have written um, and just be able to continue to grow um, in this role and within this agency. It, it is, I love a fresh start. Um, I love the whole concept of a new year and I love filling in all my spreadsheets and I love um, setting goals and looking forward to possibilities. Um, and I just love that feeling that there's so much potential ahead of you. Um, and that doesn't happen, have to happen at a new year or, you know, at a specific time, you can do that anytime. Um, but I guess I'm just sort of marinating in that feeling right now of, looking forward to all the things that are going to be possible in the year ahead. Uh, for 2021, I am pumped about reading new client material and finding new or potential client material, I guess I should say, finding new clients and hopefully selling some more books for the clients that I have. <laughs> um, so I'm just hoping to do a lot of good work this year and have some success. And I'm lucky enough to be in a job that no matter what happens in 2021, I'll be happy at work. So that's nice. <laughs> well, that is amazing. I'm just going to count that as our boundless optimism section because that counts the entire year. Um, so thank you all for joining me today. Thank you for taking a look back at 2020. I know it's kind of harrowing to go back, but <laughs> thank you for doing that with me. And I would 
like to do that with no other group of people more. Um, and here's to all the best in 2021. Cheers, team. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We are so grateful that you were with us through this year, and we wish you all the best that 2021 has to offer. Check out our show notes for social media links and for the books that we most loved reading this year. As always, I ask that you rate and review this show on your podcast platform of choice. It helps other people find us and our amazing clients. Until next time, we'll see you on the acknowledgements page.